Welcome to the Present and Sober podcast with your hosts, Sam Goldfinch and Ellie Crow. If you want to make your life bigger, not smaller, then this is the podcast for you. If you can sense that you're destined for more and you're curious about how drinking could be holding you back, listen in and come on this journey with us. Through the interplay of mind and body practices, we will help you elevate your daily life and discover the wonder and potential of going alcohol free. Let's make life bigger together. Good morning, lovely people. I hope you've had an amazing week. Mine has flown by, so I must have been having fun. And we've got a really important episode for you today, readiness for change. So many of us can feel ready to change, right? We look inside of us, we think, yep, okay, I'm in the right place. I feel as if I know everything I need to know, and yet the shift isn't happening. We look around us and we can see it happening for other people, and it starts to become very frustrating. Um, I resonate with that. That was definitely how I felt. But there are certain things that we need to have in place in order to be truly ready for change. And I think a lot of us don't um, acknowledge them or maybe don't even know that they're there. So the whole point of this episode is to take you through that. So at the end of it, you're going to know, okay, am I in this space, truly in this space where I'm going to change and be in the right place? So lots of utility. Stay with us to the end and we'll make sure that you know a lot more about where you are at the end than you do at the beginning of the episode. Um, Those of you who are ready to change, okay, you, you know that me and Ellie both run coaching groups and we've both got groups that are coming up at the end of September beginning of October we'll drop a bit more information about how they're different um, next week but for anyone who might be interested please feel free to reach out send us a a message we're always happy to talk to you about what it is that we do Um, but we just wanted to mention that now for anyone who's thinking to themselves do you know what come October or around now I need to make a shift and this is this is the time all right without further ado uh, here we are readiness for change over to well over to me and Ellie Hey everybody, welcome to the Present and Sober podcast with me, Ellie Crow, and the gorgeous <laughs> Sam. Oh, thanks. Sam Goldfinch Cheers, from tea. the Sober Rebellion. Yes. Um, that's me. <laughs> it's nice to be back with everybody, and we wanted to talk about something today that's it. I've been dwelling in a little bit of space following a guest that we had on a few weeks ago. So we had the lovely Megan Brooks on and there was something that she said uh, that really stuck out to me. And it's kind of been ringing in my ears and coming back to me intermittently. She said within her story where she was talking about kind of the, the painful bit before joining the alcohol experiment and getting into uh, sort of changing her relationship with alcohol what she said was, I was just so sick of myself. And it was quite a poignant thing to say. And it, and it took me back to a place that I could remember really vividly of being sick of myself. I was kind of sick of myself. I was fed up. I was kind of sick of the life that I was living, not in so much as, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking, oh God, why have I had all these kids? It wasn't anything like that. It was just kind of the... The, the the malaise and the boredom of like it's it, it didn't used to be like this and why you know why 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 is why is it like it is now like I, I I just I felt I felt stuck I suppose is what I'm saying I felt stuck and I felt like there was so much more potentially to life that I was missing out on but I just couldn't understand what was standing in my way I just had very little motivation and energy and 
And of course, it's all like with hindsight and how we're looking back, it's fucking obvious why I had very little motivation. Um, and of course, you know, if, you, if you're if you new listening to the podcast, then it would be really helpful to go back and listen to, to my story and Sam's story right from the very beginning, because what I talk about in my story is, you know, a, a history of sleep deprivation with young kids and alcohol for me was very much about relieving stress and escapism at the end of the day. But because of the very nature that it works, how it works with the brain and the body, it was uh, getting me into a state that was very difficult to get out of, of, of just, just generally being stuck, fed up with myself and, um, you know, feeling that just, just feeling a bit rubbishy every yeah. single day. So of course there were good points about the day and there were good things going on in my life, but I wasn't able to appreciate them in the way that I certainly can now. And I just didn't have, I, I, I'd always class myself as like a, a very ambitious, driven, determined person, but I just couldn't seem to find the way out of this, this need for a glass of relaxation at the end of the day, a glass of escape. And, and of course that was, not only was I building a tolerance to alcohol and, and drinking, but I was building a tolerance to life. And all of the things that used to be fun to me were um, falling by the wayside because I was not getting the kind of, uh, you, you know, you're not going to register the pleasure with those things when you're imbibing a substance that is giving you this artificial overstimulation of the pleasure center of the brain. So... That, sorry if that's a bit bitty it just feels a bit all over the place but essentially I was sick of myself too and so um I've just been thinking about this whole the, the point that we all come to that I think it's going to be useful to expand on what it what it means to change or what has to be in place for change to happen. So there are going to be times in all our lives where we want to change something. So what needs, what are the precursors, what do we need to have in place to be ready for change? And as you will know, if you're familiar with Sam and I in the podcast, we both trained with uh, Annie Grace from This Naked Mind, and we have a tactic, a specific tactic called readiness for change. And this assesses three things that have to be present so when Sam and I are talking to people that are wanting to change their relationship with alcohol, these are the three things that we are looking out for. Uh, and we're kind of assessing in terms of somebody's readiness for change. So we want to talk, we want to expand on those today. And then that can kind of give you a sense of if, if you're, and again, it doesn't have to be to do with alcohol, it could be to do with something else, but what, what are the things that need to be there to facilitate your um, transformation yeah and they're often there even if we don't really know that they're there I was sick of myself as well I was super sick I was just pissed off at myself because like I wouldn't do the things I knew I wanted to do like I, I wouldn't be going to the gym or I'd be skipping this or you know, yeah. not not meditating and you just get to a point where well oh, I just you know you're carrying that around with you and I I, I, it's really interesting because as we move into this, like, it will become clear what I mean by sometimes, even though I, we may consciously be saying to ourselves, oh, is this the time? Blah, 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 all this. We'll, we'll, we'll look at it because actually it's about tuning into what who you really are and learning to mm -hmm. listen to the voice of the real you, not like the kind of the wine witch or the beer 
whatever you want to call them. People have different names, don't they? But yeah. Okay, go on then, Ellie. So go on, you frame this because I, I think it's a really amazing way of, of viewing it and, it. and it is very, very important to to ask yourself these questions. Yeah. So this, so what I'll what I'll do is I'll tear up with the, th- the three, the actual three things, and then we'll do a bit of a, a deeper dive into them. And one of them in particular, I want to save till, till the end in terms of the, the conversation, because I think we can expand it somewhat. Um, so readiness for change, the three things that you are looking out for, the three things that need to be present are, number one, you have to believe it's possible to change because human beings won't do anything that they don't think is possible. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that you have to believe that you must change now so not a oh this kind of this would be a nice thing to change at some point I'll kick this out into the long grass for a bit it has to change and it has to change now so it's a must-have and it's now and the last the last thing is that you must believe that it is solely down to you that it is your responsibility it's nobody else's that it's down to you and that last one, as I say, I kind of want to come back to that in um, a, a bit of a bigger conversation. Um, and we, at this Naked Mind, we kind of expanded that a little bit in so much as to say that you have to be, you have to be making the change for you and you, and you only. Um, and, and I'm kind of saying that with a quizzical look on my face because it's not, it, it's not in the absence of everything else. So at this naked mind, one of the first things that we do with everybody, everybody we talk to, whether it's the alcohol experiment or in a one-to-one coaching relationship or in a, a, a another group, it's asking, what's your why? So why are you wanting to make this change? And of course, things come up like, well, I, I want to be more present with my kids or I want to be healthy so I'm around longer for my kids or I want to improve my relationships. So I'm not saying that those things aren't important because of course they are, but you are changing for you as opposed to I'm solely making this change because you know my husband wants me to stop drinking, for example. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does make sense. Good. It's an important distinction as well. And I, th- I think people, yeah, I think people will connect with that. Okay, so first thing then. So we have to believe that it's possible that we can get to this place, that it's even possible that that, that place exists. And yeah, I think this is interesting because for a lot of us, it doesn't feel like that exists anymore we've got to this point i think sometimes we can kind of like get to a point where it's been so long and megan was talking about this in in the previous podcast as well since we had that kind of like really lovely like energetic life where we feel great where Mm -hmm. we understand what it is to feel good what our baseline is that we kind of don't believe we know that it was there and we have this memory but we're kind of like, oh, it just doesn't feel like that's available to me. Is that possible? Yeah. Like, and I speak to so many people and I think this comes out as um, I'm broken. I'm different to everybody else. Like it's mm-hmm. okay for these guys because this, 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 but for me, I've had this issue or this, this has happened to me. And that means that I'm kind of like a, a special case. And I, I just don't think this is possible for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really interesting to drill into this because what got you 
here will not get you there. So there's some kind of leap of um, faith is the word that's coming to me. Yeah. Required. Yeah. So it's not just that you have to be utterly convinced, but you just have to hold the idea. <laughs> you have to yeah. open that door that, you know, you can fucking do this. You can yes. do this. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. And, and when we learn this tactic at this naked mind, that one of the, um, one of the things that Annie talks about is that there was a study done where there was like an impossible task and there were, there were two different groups. So there were the group of people that um, believed that the task was possible. And then there was the group that were told that the task was ultimately impossible. So you're never going to, you're never going to solve the puzzle. And the people that were in the group that didn't know that it was impossible, they kept going, right? I mean, of course, they, they came a point where they fuck this, <laughs> but, they, but they attempted it and they kept going. Uh, but the other group, they, and I forget, I'll have to look up the statistics or we can maybe put a, a link to the study in the show notes. But the people that knew from the off that it was impossible, didn't even bother trying. Like, why, why yeah. would you? Yeah, um, it's logical. So, yeah, exactly. There's that fundamental point. But as you say, when when you're in the mire, it can feel, it, it can feel impossible. And, and uh, the, in, interestingly enough, I was listening to the uh, Annie's podcast, This Naked Mind, and there was a guy on there um, and he was talking about this whole thing like you know we all think that we're so fucking special we all think that you know oh well I'm different I'm different and, and, and we're not like it, it just it can just feel very much like that but this is why things like community are so important and so being a part of there are so many groups there's, there's of course our present and sober group on Facebook. Group. If you want to join that, we'd love to see you there. There's um, a couple of groups for this naked mind. There's this naked mind. There's the alcohol experiment. Um, William Porter's group. Um, there are endless groups. There's loads of groups out there. To be fair, so many groups, and and you will find. You know, you you might jive with some more than others, but you will find community. You will find people out there, and their story. Like everybody's story is different. Everybody's journey is different. But there are so many crossovers and so many, um, so many things that are, so many similarities, uh, things that resonate. And I think when Megan was on the podcast it might have been when she was on the podcast or when we had a um, one of our conversations outside of it and she was saying to me that when she joined the live alcohol experiment um because <laughs> so when she watched my first live in the when I coached in the live alcohol experiment in in January because I was so <laughs> in inverted commas, real, <laughs> down to earth, it made her think, well, if she can do it, then I can do it. Like, this is possible. And um, so, you know, coaches are important, mentors are important, but it's being able to relate back to people. And it's, you know, like it can, it can feel like that felt strange to me, coaching the live alcohol experiment only a year before I was a participant. And I remember looking up at the coaches thinking, wow, they're like, superhuman god-like people and and then shortly afterwards I'm then training to be a coach myself like who, who the hell do I think I am but it's that 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 will and that intention to pay it forward to other people and um and and we all 
we all find our people like the we're not all going to talk to the same types of people so finding the right people for you to talk to the right people for you to connect with can I think really help alleviate that oh this isn't going to be possible this is going to be too hard I, I don't know that I can do this so I would say to anybody to kind of you know go go searching for your people and yeah. you know look out for good coaches and mentors you know there are so many people in this space and I think the common thread with everybody that's traveled however far along their own little journey everybody wants to help lift everybody else up that's what whoever I speak to everybody's got this same common thread that they all want to help they all want to pay it forward yeah 100% there are going to be like if you feel those barriers and those voices in you that are sort of like ah, I'm different like no one understands me like we all have our scale of pain and I think we all have a story. We all have shit that we've been through that sucks. You know, that's what it is to be human. And we all have amazing things as well. And learning to lean into those struggles is, is a, a beautiful part of being human um, mm. as difficult as it can be. Um, but yeah, I do really think that if you, if you just give yourself the grace to understand that, you're bigger than that thought you mm -hmm. can move beyond that thought and that if you go and find the tribe out there that you resonate with you go and find somebody who has accomplished what you want to accomplish that has walked the path before you and you start to acknowledge well actually maybe this isn't the, maybe that voice is not helping me to become the person that I want to be is it possible is it possible that I can do this have other people done this yes mm -hmm. open that door slightly like we said about before mm -hmm. um, and then just start <laughs> it's like it's just it's like do it it's like well what's the difference between this person over here who had this awful life event and these things have happened and this other person here and this person is stuck and this person isn't right well there are lots of factors at play but one massive thing that i can promise you is if this person has started the journey and this person hasn't then the person mm -hmm. who has started the journey is always going to be moving in the right direction or slightly going to be moving there quicker yeah. And, and what we always say again at the Snake of Mind is that once you, it's, it's like the moving walkway, once you step on it, you keep going. And it doesn't, you know, I hear so much about going back to day one and um, starting again and oh, undone everything that I did and I've lost my momentum. No, 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 no. You keep moving forward. You just learn so much along the way. So you've, the only thing that you ever need to focus on is your next right step. Uh, you're never going to see everything that's ahead of you. So just focus on what's right in front of you and taking some form of action, mobilizing yourself feels good because you are taking your power back and you are taking control of something and you are being, if you think about it, physically being in, in action feels good like you have something to feel positive and, and proud about and that's what we're trying to do is cultivate positive emotion yeah um, and and in line with that what the the other thing that we want to be cultivating is is hope and this is why other people's stories can be so helpful and the if you've not tuned into this naked mind the, this naked mind podcast do that because the, every week you've got somebody else's story on there and, and, and a back catalogue of, I, I, I 
I don't even try and guess how many episodes such a diverse range of people from all sorts of different backgrounds you are going to find somebody that has I I would bet my life on it you will find somebody that has something in common with you and and often it's listening to those podcasts that just as you say like open that door a little thinking hang on a minute there's there's something here for me and, and and it might be possible um and and the last thing that I wanted to say in this sort of vein is that uh you you've always got a choice right so you can always choose between doubting the outcome or having faith in the outcome that you want and if you think about how doubt feels well it's stressful it's anxiety anxiety inducing what do we do when we feel stressed and anxious and we we doubt the outcome we don't do anything but conversely if you have faith in the outcome and you believe that you're going to have the outcome that you want then that that has a different feeling if you think about being in your body it has a very different feeling tone attached to it and we have a level of anticipation and excitement. So, you know, we've talked before, I think about physio, I can't speak today, physiologically, the the sensation in the body of nerves and stress and anxiety, like where you have butterflies in your tummy, that kind of a feeling, That that, that feeling is identical to the feeling of excitement um so you can um reframe nerves as excitement this is you know mindset work you can do that and it will uh, it will change the way that you are feeling about a, a particular circumstance so knowing that you have this choice it's all it's always your choice both like we can't look into the future, can we? So we can't, another brain likes to predict. We can't look into the future. We haven't got a crystal ball. Well, some people might have. I'd love to see a lady with a crystal ball and go and find out what's going on, what's ahead of me. Um, But generally speaking, like we, we, you know, we're ultimately making up with story what's going to happen in the future. So why not make it up the best way that we want it to be and feel really good about it? and feel it, feel it as if it's happening, and then be compelled into right action as opposed to immobilized through stress, fear, anxiety. Yeah. And it's, if you create that story that, so it empowers you, you unlock resources that are, you just wouldn't have known are there. Like your best self is waiting to catch you if you make the leap. And so are all the other people around you. So having that faith in your future, having that faith in, well, yeah, of course I can get there because there are these people that I respect around me that are telling me that I can. And then making that leap is insane because then suddenly all these doors open and you're looking Mm. around and you're like, oh shit, like I feel really different to how I did last week. Mm. Um, You know, we were just talking earlier about some things that are going on for me at the moment. And I'm basically choosing to accept that. No, this like walking into the abyss is amazing because it's going to sort of unlock these like empowering resources that I know I have in order to solve these things that seem like these massive issues. And Mm. I know that six months from now, I'm going to look back and probably be like, that was a really great thing that happened there. (laughs) So Mm. yeah, cool. Mm. Mm. But it's going to feel uncomfortable, right? And this is this whole thing about 
keep telling when anything feels uncomfortable tell yourself that there's some something really exciting the other side mm. and lean into it as opposed to you know running away from it that your brain's your brain is a wonderful thing it's just trying to keep you alive but you don't have to be ruled by primal response you can override that and say no no, no i'm gonna i'm gonna lean into this i'm gonna see what's here for me and that's where life starts to expand yeah yeah that's it on the edge of your comfort zone yes. so okay you have to believe it's possible you have to believe it's possible you and... have to believe the time is now so not ah maybe next week <laughs> maybe six months it, it has to be it's a must-have it's a fundamental for now um and this is this is linked to this point about like I was so sick of myself so for me I was so sick of the stagnation that something had to change um and then for like in my own personal experience quite randomly I came across this naked mind and then that was where hope came in that's where hang on a minute I, I now understand something that I didn't before in terms of the science and that introduced hope which is the the first point that we're talking about about possibility like this is this is possible hang on a minute but the 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 precursor the first thing for me was like something has to change and like I can't I just can't go on like this and we often hear, we do hear about rock bottoms, uh, but I don't know about you, Sam. I do know about you. You haven't hit a rock bottom, <laughs> and what, neither have I. What um, is, I mean, I yeah. What is a rock, thing? Is this depends on your definition, because <laughs> rock bottoms to me are like. I don't know. We'll talk about that. It depends on what you mean by it. Mm. I think that I, I'm talking about the stereotypical. Oh yeah. I've been you know locked up in prison. Yeah. Type. Lost your wife, lost your husband, lost your job, yeah, lost, lost everything. your kids, yeah. brown paper bag sitting on the side of it. Yeah. yeah. And when we talk about grey area drinking, this is the, the space that exists between occasional drinking and whatever you class a rock bottom as. And I, I wouldn't have classed myself as hitting a rock bottom and neither did I want to hit a rock bottom. And this was this feeling of I'm sick of myself. I'm sick of things the way that they are. Something has to change. I want to get off this train sooner rather than later. Um, yeah. So it was, it, as I say, it's this, it, it must be now. It's not like you can't, you, it, it can't just go on in perpetuity. It, it has to change. Yeah. And, and the thing is, if you say to yourself, oh, well, it's not that bad because all these things that happen in the movies haven't happened yet. You, you know, you kind of get into this sense where you're like, oh, well, I'm OK. Like, you know, perhaps I'm getting away for, for it with it. Like bit, bit, bit further down the line, there's another reason, another reason. The issue is that it is affecting you. Now, we always think about like hangovers from alcohol as being like the effect and the feeling that you get the day after boozing. Like, you know, you get the physical effects and the kind of the anxiety. I like to think of these things um, when you're drinking a lot and when you're not living in con incongruity. Is that the word or incongruity? I don't know. Um, with who you are, you get like a values hangover. 
Like, mm. so over after five years or six years or seven years or however many years of not doing the things that you know you'd like to do and sitting in the truth of that, even if you're not acknowledging it, you start to get to a point where you just your self-esteem gets chipped away at every single time yeah and you know you're not doing you know I was a health nut but I was not doing the stuff I needed to do I was you know all these different things all these different things I am if you're somebody who goes out and you behave really differently when you're drunk to when you're not then you've got to carry that and as much as you think you can you know so this idea of like oh well does it have to be now well yeah (laughs) because it's it's affecting you Mm. And what, what you touched on at the beginning of that is, you know, again, it's one of the reasons why we wanted to put this podcast together, because that there aren't there aren't two types of people. There aren't people that can't drink and people that can drink. It affects everybody. If you're mm. made of blood, flesh and bone, it's going to affect you in the same way as everybody else. It's just a question of how much you drink, how frequently you drink, what uh, you know, what you're um, physiological makeup is are you a man or a woman how big and thick set you are or not um you, it's an addictive drug it's one of the top 10 addictive substances in the world you you are going it, it you build your tolerance and ultimately it's the, the only safe way the only way to be safe of it is to not imbibe it at all um so there can be this barrier to change where just as you're saying it's like oh well I'm not that bad I'm looking at that person over there and they're clearly different to me I'm not that bad Uh, and it's been interesting since I started coaching people because people will often reflect on this of I didn't think I was that bad and I see the person over there that's had a, a DUI or that's um you know, one of these sort of, where we start to see things that are, um, things that are impacting on somebody's life. Like I I always remember this story of a lady that um, had, you know, got, I, I didn't know, it was a client that knew of her. And this kind of series of events was playing out. And the client saying, well, I don't think I was ever that bad but her next point was but I could have been like I I wouldn't have when she was back drinking she she'd have had a different vantage point and that would have been I'm very different to that I'm never going to be that bad but once she understood what was happening in terms of the way that alcohol works with the brain and body and she's then actively working on changing her relationship with alcohol she could look with compassion at this other individual and say, wow, that, that could have been, that could have been me. I wasn't there, but if I'd have carried on going, it could have been, I mean, nobody sets out, like who sets out to go, I'm going to go get a DUI today. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get myself locked up. And that's it. And if you go and talk to anybody who's had a rock bottom or or haven't had an event like that, or, or, or suddenly they slipped really, really quickly into very, very problematic drinking, um you know go talk what well, what's happened well almost always it's people that are emotionally dependent on alcohol to some extent or another maybe they're coming home and drinking four beers maybe they're coming home and drinking one beer it doesn't matter mm. but there's this dependency element where it's kind of like um i'm relying on this substance to to solve these problems for me 
and then that unexpected thing happens like who knows what it is that it could be you know the loss of a job or whatever the kind of event that happens and then very quickly the it becomes like a like the coping mechanism it was part of a patchwork and the patchwork changes and then you're suddenly like oh sugar i think i'm slipping much much quicker so it's not necessarily it's not this like character this moral kind of like oh well there's people out there that are like stronger than others so therefore they can do this and other people will, will fall quickly into the abyss it's like well no that's not how life works we all know that we all know people that are amazing people that have had that have done surprising things or like they've done things that we didn't expect them to do because life has, has come along and life happens and we're all human <laughs> and we just do the best we can do with what we've got at the time Mm. And I think if I reflect back to when things were kind of at their kind of my psychological addiction to alcohol was at its peak, like if something like that had happened to me at that time, it would have pushed me over the like I was just about holding it together at the time um, in terms of like not missing work and all this kind of stuff. It would have pushed me over the edge. I have, I have no doubt. Like I would have mm. I would have consciously said, well, fuck it. I'm going to lean on this. Mm. Mm. and it would have very quickly got really quite messy I think and I mean it, it was it was horrible enough as it was mm. thank god it didn't but yeah yeah and yeah and th- this whole thing about like being high functioning it's you know dis- despite or in spite of um you know imbibing this substance you know like you say however much and however regularly uh and you know, whether you're a regular drinker or you're a binge drinker, uh, you you are going to be in like this constant state of withdrawal. Um, and how how that physically feels is is bloody awful. But people kind of like you power through it, right? You get used <laughs> to your new subpar, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So it's like l- low grade hangover all the time Mm. and functioning in spite of it Uh, and again it's like this sort of false sense of security of you know like I never missed a day at work and um, you know my family's still held together and but how how long do you let let it go Mm -hmm. the way that it is like how when is enough enough ultimately the decision that you're going to have to make reminds me of that Zen question. If not now, when, right? Yeah. Because if you push your decision to a future now, it's still going to be a now. And there is still going to be a piece of you that is saying, Oh, you could wait until Tim's birthday is over. You yeah. could wait until this has gone on. You could yeah. wait until that's done with. You are going to be in the same position to some extent. Like if or the worse. universe has brought itself to this place where you're sat in front of this, this, this place where you've got these resources in front of you, like mm. we could take that leap, you know, take mm. that leap. I think um, I can't remember what Alan Carter used to say, like in his books, the alcohol books and his stop smoking books. And you say like, if you're um, going to give this book to somebody else, the frame that he always used to say was like, if you get to the end of the book and you've read it and you're still in this scenario, what have you lost? You know? And this is the thing. It's like, if you, if you believe, if there's a piece of you that's like, oh, I'm not sure, but there's this bigger piece of you that clearly is pushing you to make a change, you've got everything to go again and you've got yeah. nothing to lose. Yeah. 
and, and and even if it's a case of you listen to a podcast you read one of the books that we recommend and then you do nothing else with it for a bunch of time you've still moved forward yeah. and the important thing is to just to to keep looking for that next right step at the time that it feels right and again this is then tuning into the the internal knowing the the wisdom inside of you because you can rest assured that you are right where you're meant to be and everything is going to happen the way that it's meant to that's it so it's 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 just been it's just been open to it and uh receptive i think life is happening for you not to you yeah and that's it it is unfolding and if, yeah. and that is a really interesting thing to reflect on that you've made me really think that I kept having this feeling that no matter, even though I had all these thoughts of like, you're too young to be doing this. Like, is it really the time? Surely you can moderate. Surely you can fix this. Surely you can solve this. And yet <laughs> I kept coming to this place of mm. being like, I just sense that this might not be the right thing for me. Mm. Like that kind of small voice that is the invitation that's mm. you <laughs> yeah that is you it is and and and, I was, and again thinking back to Megan's episode she talked about her voice and she talked about her voice starting off and it was really really quiet and then it got louder to the point that you can't ignore it and so this being receptive is trying to tune in to that internal wisdom and it's going to be trickier when you drink it's going to be trickier because you don't have the clarity right you are particular like even in a state of withdrawal or even if you feel that you're not under the influence it it, chemically uh you're in a different place it's going to feel different um and it's going to be harder to be in tune with your body and what's going on uh with your self uh it that is going to be trickier but that that voice always comes always comes you've just got to try to to listen out for it and um the you made me think about informed decision making right so what's the worst that can happen if you inform yourself about how alcohol works with the brain and body what what's the worst that can happen i mean yes annie grace ruined drinking for me but she also saved my life like in terms of i i just if I'd have carried on, I don't, I don't know where, what would have happened to me. I don't really want to speculate on that, but at, at best, my life would have been subpar. And now my life has expanded massively. Um, but it all started with a level of education I didn't have before. I didn't know I drank this substance for 25 years and had no idea how it was working with the brain and body which when I say it like that, it just, it sounds ridiculous, but this is what we're all doing, right? We're all drinking it. We've got no idea how it works. It's really interesting that you say that. I think a lot, a lot of people, when they're going through those internal processes, they're like, they feel as if they're scared of failure, but often we're fearful of, we're scared of succeeding because we don't know what it means. Yes. Because we're like, well, if succeeding means that I'm going to be miserable forever, not interested, mate. Mm. Um, well, newsflash, I am here to tell you that, thank goodness, that's a load of shite. And that, no, that is just a fear. Like, there are 
riches on the other side of this decision are just incredible, absolutely incredible, incredible. And, and it might not be linear. It might mm. be that there's many seeds planted on the route to you actually like growing, but the journey is totally worth it. And there's yeah there's no need to be scared of what's what's going to happen on the other side i think there are this is exactly what we why we're here isn't it ellie at the end of the day because we've megan called it the third door you know this kind of like i always think about this like other option the kind of the option beyond drink and be miserable not drink and be be miserable (laughs) it's like the promised land yeah yeah um and just and just as megan said that the scary thing is that you have to go through the door that is Uh, not drinking and being miserable the the perceived yes going through that door to then realize that the third door exists and the third door is the life expansion the oh my good god I had no idea the childlike joy that I thought you know was was beyond me because I'm no longer a child like it it is it is so incredible um but it can feel uh it can feel so scary because of the the way that we revere alcohol uh, in in our society how ingrained it is culturally and you know we talked about that in one of the episodes about um layers of belief i think mm-hmm. and, and we'll, we'll continue to talk about it because it's such a big subject um but um i go back to this like why wouldn't you want to be informed so, and particularly these days, like a lot of people are so concerned about what they're putting into their bodies, be it food, a vaccine, you know, why, why, why wouldn't you want to understand what, al- what alcohol is and how it works? Because then you can make an informed choice. And certainly as I, you know, again, I, I haven't got my crystal ball to see what's going to happen with the future and my children, but what I'm hopeful is that I can uh, help them to a similar level of information for them to be able to make an informed decision about whether they choose to drink or not. That's it. Um, and, and one of the things that um, uh, will be coming up in the future is, and I just think it's wonderful, Annie's working on a version of this naked mind for children, which I just think is the That's most cool. fabulous piece of news when that comes to to be able to put that into the hands of families children adolescents it's well what a wonderful resource um so you know that I, I can just see that doing so much good and i do think like youngster youngsters oh my god how old am i i'm only 41 youngsters these days have a different i think people i think they do have a different view like i've heard of alcohol being referred to as their parents drug of choice and i don't know what the figures are off the top of my head but you you will find that uh there are a lot of i'm trying not to say youngsters again adolescents that don't don't go down the alcohol track um and, and whether that's linked to social media and like when, when I, so when I was, when I started drinking at the ripe old age of 15, there wasn't any, like people didn't have camera phones. You had one of those, well, in fact, I didn't even have a phone until I was about 18. And then it was one of those pulley up aerial ones and you had to type it anyway. We didn't have camera phones. We didn't have Facebook and Instagram and all of the things. So you could quite safely drink your white lightning and collapse into a heap 
and no one would be there'd recording. Be no, there'd be you. no record of it. <laughs> yeah. So whether that plays into it with youngsters these days that don't that they don't want to have you know a record of. I don't know. I'm speculating, but yeah. um, I mean, no, maybe I we need to get a youngster on. Let's get a youngster a on to talk it. about it. How, how young do we need to go to be a youngster? Don't know how far we need to go. <laughs> Try and, yeah, we'll get someone on. Um, okay, awesome. I think as we wrap this up, those two questions are huge. Um, they're massive. And there is no one on this planet, and that's one of the reasons why me and Ellie are here, that can't say... Yes, it's possible. And yes, the time is now. No one is broken to that. You know, no, that's not happened. That's not what's going on. Like often we're putting our thoughts on a pedestal and we're, we're putting our thoughts as if well, my thoughts are reality and they're not. Thoughts are not facts. They are a story. And yeah, opening that door slightly, trusting in the fact that your best self is waiting on the other side, ready to catch you is huge in this huge mm. um you can do this mm. you absolutely can absolutely you can and uh, it, this is what, again without going off on too much of a tangent why a gratitude practice can help because if you start looking for the good you start retraining your brain your primal brain to not yeah. look for the negative all the time because that's what your brain will naturally do that it's trying to keep you alive you need to retrain your brain to look for the positive a gratitude practice can help with that and a, and, a, and a top tip for a gratitude practice for anyone who's already got one or for anyone that has had one and then let them slip is this people often when they're focusing on gratitudes, they focus on the really big things. They focus on the house and the car and the wife and the dog. Um, and that's powerful. And of course we're grateful for that stuff. Right. But really, if we're going to break the chain and we're going to get ourselves noticing, I think it's really really powerful to have like a gratitude list for the small things so like for example like the other week there was a pigeon in a tree and bless this pigeon it was like getting absolutely hammered by the rain it looks so oh, oh. and it, i was looking at it and i was just like oh i'm so grateful to be warm right now i wish you and just like, had a little pigeony umbrella size I know. to go <laughs> But it was, it was, uh, and you know, those tiny little things that they're the things and, and challenge yourself to go back over your day and just think about 10 or 15 tiny things, right? And do that every now and again and write them down. Mm -hmm. And if you find yourself coming to the same stuff every day and it's like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for the, for the fridge and the car and the, you know, all this stuff, <laughs> the you speedboat. know, Are we on because, bullseye? <laughs> yeah, it will feel much more um, empowering and it is a practice and it is powerful and there's so much science behind it. Um, yes. But that's one really, really top tip I would give is like challenge yourself to do like almost like gratefulness for the tiny things. Yeah. I love that, Sam. Thank you for sharing your little story about the pigeon. I'm a bit feeling a bit poor sad pigeon. about the poor little pigeon now. Poor pigeon. I've got a wild story about two spiders that we'll have to share at some point. Oh, good God. We're heading into spider season as well, aren't we? Oh, Brace amazing. yourselves, yeah. folks. Those we also still need to do things. that episode about my spider phobia. Oh, yes, uh, we will. CBT. Um, so there is number three that we didn't get to, right? So number three was um, that th this whole point about you have to believe that it's down to you, that it's your responsibility and yep. nobody else's. And so what we're going to do is we're going to record a separate episode all about responsibility and radical responsibility. Yep. Huge. So that will be coming very, very, very soon. So we hope that you've enjoyed today's episode and that that frame 
of um, the, the three things that are required for readiness for change. We hope that that's been helpful. Yeah. So come into the present and sober Facebook group. Let us know how you found the episode. Um, what was helpful? Please share um, it. Share yeah, it. Share yes. it with people. This may be one that really resonates with some people that are really at a point. Exactly. You know, a, a, a real powerful point in their life. So please do share it. Sure yeah. Understand. So Siri doesn't Siri understand. Doesn't understand. <laughs> Bloody Siri. <laughs> Is he ready great. for change? <laughs> <laughs> Ask Siri if it's possible. Go on. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Um, yes. So, yes. So, so do share it because as Sam says, like the, you, you never know, regardless of where you are in your own space, your own journey, you never know what's going to be helpful for somebody else, what they need to hear and when. So please do share it. We've had like the reach with the podcast has just blown my mind and the, the messages that we are getting from people. And it, it's just, it's a wonderful thing to be able to pay it forward. So please do share it. Uh, consider for yourself, if you are trying to make change in your life, where you sit with the two things that we've talked about today, the, um, that it has to be possible, that it must be now, and then do come back and see us and listen in with us for the episode where we're going to talk about radical responsibility. Cool. Right. I'm going to hit that square button. Lots of love. Peace.